Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Fake Nerd Book Club. This is one of our bi-weekly rotational episodes. It is my turn to discuss a comic, but I am Brandon C. McClure, and I am joined with Ben Magnet. Hello, I am the architect of the pixels. Sparks Witty. I could feel the architect of our podcast system almost say podcast instead of book club at the beginning. And Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm the architect of just having a good time and good vibes, baby, comic books. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we are here to talk about, and you're 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 neither right nor wrong, Sparks. Uh, I will not confirm nor deny. Um, we are here to talk about Shield Architects of Forever, which collects Shield one through six, uh, written by Jonathan Hickman. The reason why I picked this one because we did Hickman on the last book club, um, with artists by uh, with art by Dustin Weaver. Um, this is a Hickman book, which tells the origin stories, the untold origin stories of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and how and it's a um, Leonardo da Vinci uh, inspired uh, origins. I really, really dug this book. Obviously, I love Jonathan Hickman. So I, that was, I was kind of primed for this one. Ryan has been talking about this book for many, many years, um, just in our friendship. And I was really happy to finally read this one. What do you guys think? I'll I'll go first because I I was familiar with with this book. Um, volume two has a rocky history of getting released, so I haven't read volume two yet. But uh, volume one, I'm I'm pretty familiar with. Um, I think I think this is a really really bold and fun book. I I don't think it's as quite as tight as some of the other Hickman books, but that is by no means a negative. I think just like I need to read volume two to see some of the stuff get ironed out. But man, like this dude just operates on a different level than other people sometimes. And like to be, to make big swings, you have to execute it well as well as well and i think he just does like having all of these famous people interact with all of these marvel things like uh the untold history of shield and like we don't see any modern we don't see no nick fury marie hill anything that we know about shield this is like the shield below shield uh and it's again hickman is so good at like these like clandestine operations and like these cd these cd people and stuff like that so like i think this book's a lot of fun i think dustin weaver's so good and he only gets better and better over time uh, uh i think this book is, is a ton of fun Sparks or Ben? I think it's a cool concept. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately I end up liking the art more than I like the story. Sure. Um, that could potentially be because it's quite incomplete at six issues. Um, very little has been fully developed and brought to its full face uh, revelation. Um, I think the only thing that you have like true clarity on is uh, Newton. And outside of that, it's like mm, there's a lot of like things up in the air here that I'm not really sure where we're going. With it, it, it is like half a story, kind of. Uh, and and that makes it hard because it feels like really big concept. There's a lot of setup, and it, it's like um, it's like if Heroes was stopped halfway through the first season or something. Sure. Uh, where like oh, I've gotten all this you know playthrough, and I'm like I don't know where any of that was going. Um, yeah. And uh, but I, I I love the art. I love the interpretation of all this stuff um, for. The Marvel world that they're doing with uh, Da Vinci, like I, I think the art's incredible, and I kind of like it just for the concept of that existing alone to have that art. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't. I, I this this maybe felt this maybe felt the most of Hickman's. Like my concept went a little bit up its own ass. Sure. Uh, mm -hmm. And in a way where I'm like, I don't know. I'm not saying it's bad, but I am saying like I think we maybe lost the thread of like what are we doing here, yeah. and and it gets sure. a little. There are a couple of 
sections, tiny sections where I was like, well, this feels like we're just saying things to say pontificating things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not really, I don't actually entirely believe there's direct intent behind this one, Hickman, uh, the way I do with some later developments, which in some ways is like what we talked about last time when we talked about the Ultimate Comics. It's like Hickman using as a proving ground for things he would do later there's there's clearly ideas here that were developed in different ways and more well thought out and articulated to the characters that he was using it with in later pieces of his work Mm -hmm. this this feels very rough drafty to me sure yeah ben i really enjoyed this book um i do see the things that sparks is saying but when i was reading it i was just taking it as this is hickman's level of weird when I read stuff from uh, from Jonathan Hickman, I mean, I know I haven't read a whole lot of stuff from Hickman, mostly just Hoxpox and the Ultimates book that we read a while ago. Hickman has a style, and he has, I, I think the con, like he has very high concepts, if that makes any sense. He does love yeah. his big, like over the top, these grandeur, these like very grandiose concepts. And if you had told, if I, if you like just taken the Marvel stuff out of this book, I was like, this would be like a cool, like, what if story of just playing around with some of the most famous historical figures ever. But the fact that these historical figures are also involved, like fighting Galactus, the Brood, and all these other characters, I'm like, this is actually kind of cool. Um, because I think the execution in this also, I do, I would say that yes, it just this does kind of feel incomplete, especially when we get to the very last page. I'm like, I want to see more because the whole time I'm wondering who is this light dude, and then it turns out he's freaking Michelangelo the best ninja turtle yeah (laughs) um but i do agree that this the story does feel incomplete but thankfully there is like a to be continued like to be continued in part two so i'm like i have a feeling that when i read that second half everything will just meld together it's like okay here's the whole story here's the whole piece that i was looking for because there were some parts where i'm just reading it and i do feel like there's a lot of times where where hickman decides to throw big words just to throw in big words and even i'm like what it's like sure. when you're in that it's like when you're in college you're trying to sit in a philosophy class and the professor is just rambling on stuff but all the other students are like oh yes 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 and you're sitting there going can you say that again but in english yeah uh i will i will agree with sparks in that i think the i think the the plot itself about uh leonid our guy and everything he's going through and all the machinations that happened with him and his family and all that stuff. I think some of that is really messy. The thing that I just really gravitate, gravitate towards is like, I'm a huge Marvel Universe guy. I love the Marvel Universe. <laughs> I, I, I love it a lot. Like, like the ins and outs and like seeing the Starks and the Richards here. Like this, again, this is all stuff that, Hick, that like Hickman is tying into his Fantastic Four stuff. So like him being here makes sense where like it is, t- it is solving a question from five years ago in this book. And that's only something that people who read his other stuff will get anything out of where it's just, Oh, look, that's, that's, that's Nathaniel Richards. Like that's, I guess that's cool. But like, for me, like it is, it is Hickman just like his plots aren't always the best. I think his Avengers run is really, really great, but it's incredibly messy, but it is more, again, more vibes based if anything. And this book, it's just like, Hey man, I'm going to tell you all about the secret history of shield. And like, does it get up its own ass a little bit? I do hundred percent agree with that. Like of all the books I read, this is the one where I think, because he, he's dealing with the, these like philosophical people or people in the nature of like defending the world. I think it can get a little heady, uh, but I think the overall nature of it, especially just like with the art again, like, like yeah. the, the, what's his name? The dark man, the lightning man, the Nikola Tesla, that dude, every time he shows up, I'm like, this dude looks so sick. 
Yeah. This dude is the coolest comic book character I've ever seen in my life. And he turns out to be Tesla. Uh, so, like, I need to read volume two to really cement, like, if this if this is, like, not really good plotting. Because it is it really does feel like half a story. Yeah. Um, but I do agree. It is it is kind of Wayne's wax poetic a little too much, maybe. I, I think that, for me, one of the things was, like, I want to say it's issue four or something. It, it's four or five where I came out of it and I'm like, I just, did I learn anything this issue? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I really did, or if I did, it was brief. Um, and that it's just kind of, uh, I don't think, was it you, Ben, who made a comparison between David Lynch and Hickman? Did you do that? Maybe. I wouldn't dare. I, I, I mean, I, I feels like something I would say, because yeah, I don't know yeah, if Ben yeah. has ever no, but seen it was like, anything. No, but it was like in a, it was like in a, in a, like, slightly passive, like, the, the, like, a lot of the, I don't engage with a lot of David Lynch kind of way of, uh, his some of his stuff is just kind of weird for weird sake oh sure, and sure. some of hickman's stuff like can be said about by other people things that aren't this story yeah that, that hickman sometimes like grand concept grand concept sake or yeah, like, yeah, big, yeah. big idea for big idea sake yeah, and yeah. i don't feel that way most of the time yeah, yeah i do feel that way a little bit here sure i i do feel a little like all right we got a little we got a little bit beyond ourselves or or at least it's not given enough room to fully breathe for me. That's um, fair. I sure. think I think the Leonite like like the Leonite thing is is a really good point of like that's that's kind of like our central character and I lose track of him completely. The problem too for often. me and I want to hear for Brandon because this is his, his book club. Um but the thing for me about like our main character is like there is a carrot on the stick about who he is and what he's his powers and what he's all about that we're just not getting answers for for a really long time. And like for him to be our main character, like I just need a little bit more because I love the world that's surrounding us, but he is our focal point and we are getting answers near the end, but it is like, now I have to read the entire other volume to see what this is about. And like, I feel like his stuff could have came a little bit sooner. That's, that's part of my struggle is that I feel like, you know, six issues in and like, I don't feel like he's our main, I know he's supposed to be, I don't feel yeah. like he's the central character of the story. Word. And, and for me, like it's, it's definitely like, it feels like it's coming down to other than that last issue that it's pretty much mostly about, Leonardo Vinci and Isaac Newton, and like it's not really about anybody. I kind of wish it was just about them because I love Isaac Newton. I'm a little bit in the same. That, I love that, Isaac Newton being I'm, an asshole. <laughs> right now, where I'm at, like I think some of the time stuff too is just like it's a it, like I think, I think the way the issues are structured out uh, is like kind of confusing, and like we're we're introducing the plot about like Leonid and Tesla's son and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff with Stark and Richards. We won't touch that again until the last issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then here we're going to go ahead and do the backstory entirely of Isaac Newton. Here we're going to do Leonardo da Vinci and Isaac Newton talking around the kid. Okay. Oh, now it's back to See, Tesla actually, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think every bit of that lined up in a way that felt uh, like it wanted me to hold on to Leonide. Sure. Sure uh as our as our guy yeah um and and that's that's where i landed with that yeah um i was so in the in the copy that i have this there's a sketch sketchbook um and there's a quote here from jonathan hickman that i wanted that you've reminded me of sparks i wanted to read um which says beyond being an integral element in the development of the story this is about leonid or leonide however you want to pronounce it uh Leonide is also a stand-in for us, the reader, as everything plays out. He suggests questions like who these great men really are, what is their legacy, why did they make the world better, and most importantly, what is required, and who are we to stand among them? I don't think that comes across in this book. Um, And I agree with that 100%. Um, I 
reading that made me kind of question what um because i read all the sketchbook stuff it's very interesting especially the bit about um uh not tesla but uh, uh da vinci has a really interesting bit about with dustin weaver but i'll get to it in a moment um, he loves his data pages i love hickman but reading but reading that um i was just so confused because i didn't think that Leonid was the main character of the story, uh, especially after issue one, where I just kind of was like, actually, I'm not really interested in this guy. I just mostly just want you to do more stuff with everywhere else. Um, And that's where I fall in this book. That's why I really like it, because uh, much like Ryan, I kind of feel the same way as Ryan does here, where where I'm really I the stuff that I find so exciting about Hickman um, is these kind of big concepts. And I don't get all of them, uh, frankly, and I don't want to. I look at Hickman very much in the same way that I look at Evangelion. Like, I'm not going to get everything that you're going to tell me, but I'm along for the ride and I really enjoy it. Um, yeah. And I and I and I kind of feel this way about about this book also, because I really like all the philosophical stuff that uh, Da Vinci and um, oh, what's that guy's name? Newton um, uh, are, are, are dealing with and. Um, I really like Stark and Richards. That actually brings me to something I want to ask you, Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. I've not read a lot of Fantastic Four. Um, I've actually only read the first volume of Hickman's Fantastic Four run. I haven't gone forward. Nathaniel Richards here, Reed Richards' father, yes? Yeah. Um, does he have a time superpower? He's, He's a time, time traveler. traveler. He's okay. a super genius time traveler. Okay, so is that was that established... Was that a Hickman thing, or was that like established? Like oh no, that's 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 old school. That's old school stuff. Okay, Hickman Hickman um, loves continuity, so he's he's never re- retracting. He's always building upon. That is like stuff from like the eighties and stuff. Okay, um, I really appreciated that element of the story, bringing in Stark and and, and Nathaniel. They have a they have a, a conversation in the car. I put, I, like, I love that conversation. I, I again, my like I love yeah. Fantastic Four and I'm, I love Iron Man. Like like seeing those two guys who are notoriously bad fathers talk about how they're being bad fathers, and one is not trying to be a bad father, and one is like absolutely like a shithead Howard Stark. And I'm like, this is great. I love seeing this. I love this. Yeah, I really I really like where where Stark says, uh, "I love my family. I do, Nathaniel, but they covet my time, seeking every spare moment for themselves. When I know I have more important things to do than play father." Like he's just a shitty dad. I love it. Who, 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 trying to, who trying to sell? Who trying to sell? The best part to me of that is when he goes on to say that uh, it, it will make me resent them, uh, yeah. and I'm leaving before it becomes yes. something worse. I'm cutting the problem resentment. off before it happens. Like, yeah, you're a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. And they, but yeah, I really like this conversation. This is this is my favorite character work in the in the book was between Nathaniel and Howard. I think it's very good. I, yeah, very well I agree. Written. And that's again, that's like the Marvel Universe stuff where like. It does suck because I do think I do think our main character protagonist guy like he is the weakest aspect because not only is he just kind of like a wet blanket but like I don't feel like he 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 himself directly impacts the story. It's a lot of people guiding him and telling him what to do and like you have this great power and like I am thankful that we got this book just because like seeing like Galileo have to fight Galactus is just an incredible image, yeah. an incredible image. Having like this, like this 12th century, like Chinese emperor try to woo, woo a celestial, a woman celestial. is like, oh, great celestial, beautiful celestial. And I'm like, this is insane. What is happening in this book? And it's, that celestial is pregnant with a baby and they put that baby into a sun. And it's like, this is just yeah. like, ridiculous. I really, I really like that, uh, that like concept of this celestial because you know, she's even talking like, 
there all celestials are born from planets. There is a celestial in the at the center of this earth that will hatch in a million years, well well past a, a human's time. And the um, guy's like, dude, a million years, that's so much time. That's thank you so much. A million years. We're gonna do so much in a million years. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and she's just like, but I have a problem because I am developing a fetus inside of me, and that's not how celestials are born. And yeah. um, I really, I really like that. I I do wish this kind of being a part one, um, which is unfortunate. I do kind of wish that we got more about that because I like, what do they call them? The star child. Yeah. Um, Celestial because, um, uh, uh, Madonna. Because uh, 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 Leonardo goes to the sun to find him. Yeah. That's yeah. so, dude, that art is so good. Dustin Weaver truly kills this book. Like, like, like Sparks is right. Like without better art, like this book, I don't think would be as, would be as oh, juicy. Yeah. Uh, the art is is sensational. So Dustin Weaver, because you brought that up, I'm going to bring up another quote from this. Uh, I, I really love all the stuff in this book um, about Leonardo that Dustin Weaver says, which I, uh, I want to read to you because I think this is incredible. Um, I think the key to making a good comic book hero, one that can fit into the Marvel Universe, is to make him or her larger than life. Da Vinci is actually a natural at being a comic book hero. Uh, and then he goes on to say about, a bit about how he designed. Here's a sketch of Da Vinci, oh um, God, I, love I, I love, love his Da Vinci. I think is the, the space. I it's the best character character model in the in the book. There's a there's a bit here. There's a bit in this book where he just looks super sexy, uh, with this big flowy luscious yeah, beard. They, they sexified. They sexified him for sure. That's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I I will not lie because all I know about <laughs> Da Vinci is I mean obviously his famous portrait and it's like you know he's older. He's uh, but seeing like a young Da Vinci with the bushiest beard ever, it's kind of reminds me of that scene from Squid of SpongeBob where Squidward goes, "Oh no, he's hot!" Look at that! Oh, Look yeah. at that man! Oh, <laughs> dude, yeah, dude, totally. He's like a, he's like a, a model. Um, our boy Nosferatu shows up as Pan's Labyrinth Man. Um, yeah. love it. All every famous person we get in there, it's like I think I think it's cool and used pretty well. Uh, what I man, what I, I appreciate what I appreciate about it is that every famous hero, every every famous character is done in a way that it's that it's signifying a superhero has 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 appeared like oh who are you i'm the punisher it's i'm leonardo da vinci um, bro night I, I i don't know what this guy's name is i keep forgetting the nightman or whatever but he's so dark, good i think i just looked it up it's like dark, dark man, man or something the, yeah, the dark man the dark man dark man i love it i think uh i can just i could rave all on and on and despite not liking our main character i think when he's like half cosmic the whole time i think this is a rad look i yeah. that is one of my favorite like aesthetic things period is just like when something has like the cosmos inside of them like whether it's their eyes or thor's cape in Fortnite, like it's beautiful stuff oh, yeah. look at that man I, look at that beautiful man i, I will 100 percent agree that this book would have been a lot worse if the art wasn't as good as it is dustin yeah. weaver kills it oh he oh, does yeah truly oh, does and so here it comes. I it's just another sun explosion thing. I'm um, yeah. do the it. the origin of the shield yes. moment with Emotep yeah. over the brood. Oh, oh, I have a oh, I love this page, y'all. So did you guys recognize anyone on this page with Emotep? Oh, yeah. Ben, oh, did you, you recognize anyone with Emotep? Oh, you mean Apocalypse who was standing right behind him? Yeah, Not just I saw Apocalypse. Him. Not just Apocalypse. I did is that that's Moon Knight, right? The other one? That dude is Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah that's Moon Knight. Yep. But yeah, good job catching Apocalypse. He's uh Hickman setting the shit up again. This is something he doesn't do for like another eight years in Hawks Pox, but like Apocalypse would be there. That makes sense. He wants to he hates the world, but he'd rather save it from aliens, right? So like well, what I, I, I kind of like sense. about Hickman, Hickman is kind of Hickman has a has such a 
from what I I've read sporadic Hickman. I've read a lot of his You've stuff read enough. throughout throughout all over his his career at Marvel. To know that it's it it feels so cohesive when you're reading it all and one go, but what it really is, he has such a deep knowledge of what he thinks the Marvel universe should look like at various yeah. points in time. And he's just pulling from that every single time. That's why everything is so consistent. Of course, Apocalypse is there. And of course, Apocalypse and Krakoa know each other because in his mind, of course, that's how that worked out. Absolutely. He's just, yeah, he's a, he's a guy who just like, not that, anyone doesn't, not that anyone doesn't like care but he's just someone who's just like he goes the extra mile and like he is someone who really cares about like making the universe feel complete. Uh yeah. and like every issue feel like it takes place in a in a full world. Um I just I think it's I think it's really lovely. And again, like Shield, this being a book called Shield, and when you open it, you expect to see Hell Carriers, Nick Fury, and you see Leonardo da Vinci and Galileo and Isaac Newton, and you're like, what what is going on? And I'm like, it's just it's it's not a normal comic book that would get made with anybody else, I feel like. And, <laughs> and for that alone. Uh, like I, this is honestly, it is probably one of his messiest arcs, uh, messiest uh, comic runs that I've read, but like the, the grand ideas and like a lot of the writing still shines through above a lot of other comics I'd rather read, if I'm being honest. Like I'd rather read this than a traditional good issue of, you know, Superman or Spider-Man or something. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to point out one thing as far as the traditional shield book goes, uh, which I, which I noticed that in 1652, uh, Sir Isaac Newton gives, uh, Nostradamus the infinity formula that keeps Nick Fury young. Oh, Brandon, yes, you comic book nerd. That's exactly, yes. I was going to bring that up later. Absolutely. That is the thing that keeps Nick Fury alive. And it is, it is, it is like a, a shitty version of, of, of being immortal. I'm like, look at that. Yeah. It's there. It's I just, there. I just really like that. Sparks, do you look like you wanted to say something a bit ago? And I th think I stepped on it. Did you have something you wanted to add? Um, I just, uh, when I first started the book, I felt like it was going to be kind of like, here's a pocket of like how shield got here at this yeah. point in time. Here's a pocket of how, and I, that's a little, that's a little boring. I'll admit, but like, you yeah. know, like I thought we were about to be like, just like going through the time periods. And it's like, this was Da Vinci's time with shield. And nah. this was like in, in, in China, like the time with shield and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And I story wise can't say that I wouldn't have probably liked that more. Sure. Um, while yeah. I do think that's very like rote and just like, here's an issue and it's about this point in time and here's yeah. an issue and it's about, sure. But like, you can do cool stuff there. And I think it's because everything about like making Da Vinci and Newton immortal doesn't a hundred percent work for me. I oh, think they both shit. become kind of concepts more than they are men at this point. Well, they're just kind of sitting there as ideas. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. And it's it's that, not that's like the, the final battle. It's literally about the the battle of their ideals. I think like is is what Lionel's even Lionel that dude's even saying. Yeah, and I I, I just find it simplistic. I don't I don't sure. I don't like. I'd rather take that being simplistic than the whole story being simplistic. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, it's correct me if I'm wrong, but Da Vinci's not immortal. He walked through a portal. He walked yeah, through a gateway. Yeah, right. he time traveled basically. So he's so he went from his time to our time pretty seamlessly. So he's not he's not necessarily immortal. But you're no, right that they do. That at the end of I at the end of this, no. Well, you're right at the end at the end of this they are at the end of this they are just ideals, and we see that in the story of how uh, Newton starts losing followers to his mm -hmm. ideals, and it becomes a it becomes a war of um of this idea that. Uh, you know, Shield's rallying cry throughout time has been, um, this is not how the world ends. 
And um, to Da Vinci, that's very important to him. This is not how the world ends because the world will never end. But Newton was like, this isn't how the world ends because we know how it's going to end. Yeah. So let's just let's just get it over with because we know what's going to happen. And like, yeah. I think that's like that is two sides of the same coin. Uh, again, it is it is sloppy, but like, I'd rather it be like this than than just like I don't know some random shield dude. I think it's so much cooler that it's Isaac Newton because that's so dumb. Isaac Newton is it? No, no, no. I don't mean to say that. Like, I don't want it to be these figures. I think that these these figures become uh, less humans and less characters are more mouthpieces of of just a concept sure. uh, in the way that they are written. And that's the part where like, it loses me a little bit because even as the, the maker lives through the entirety of what goes on inside that city in the ultimate comics, um, you were still, you know, connected to who the personality of that person is and what's, what's uh, makes them who they are and how, where they are flawed and where they are not. And, and it, it feels very like, um, it feels very like just Newton. Newton is uh, complex in his own time, but not as complex anymore mm -hmm. uh, through the flashback story that we have. Um, there's, there's, there's virtually nothing beyond just like rigid, rigid belief yep. uh, to him. And it, it makes him oddly like once we had the flashback by comparison, it made him in present day, present day of where we are in the story, less mm -hmm. compelling. That's fair. Sure. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Um, I can't, I, I can't say I saw, I saw the same issue, but I think your, your point is incredibly valid. Um, yeah. We, uh, um, you don't get me wrong. Something. Make, make Isaac Newton a huge asshole. Make him the maker before the maker, mm -hmm. which is clearly the helmet design. Oh yeah. What he, helmet, he's, what the helmet. He's, he's the pre-maker, uh, yeah. living in the immortal city. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's the pre-maker, but like, um, please drag oh. Isaac Newton. He's a piece of shit. Like go One for thing it. I one thing I love about it is like when we see Isaac doing it, we get part of his backstory. Like when he joins the Brotherhood, he says, I am, he meets Galileo. He's like, I am Galileo. Some have called me master. You all may call me brother. And then yes. when he, then when he comes, when Newton comes up to face Leonardo da Vinci, he says, some of you call me brother, but you call me master. And I was like, Oh, Oh, the switch, the switch. Cause Galileo was like, Hey, this is for the betterment. Let's like, Let's like be the shield of the world. Let's like find new things and learn. Whereas Newton's like, I'm just gonna screw all y'all. I man, Isaac Newton is definitely one of those guys where I'm reading this and I'm like, man, this guy is a punk. There that's is why I, a I take go ahead, Ryan. No, so that's uh, we gotta get beat up. I really so there's a there's a specific language to heroes and how heroes and villains are are drawn in comic books, and Dustin Weaver is very good at that. Um, but I wanted to say this is I want to show off a couple of one of the variants real quickly. Um, so they did these like uh, the, the, the hero variants, which um, look like this. Uh, mm -hmm. So you see like Leo, Leonardo da Vinci will want to look at that sexy man. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. And then you see Nostradamus. But so you see here, here you go. My point is da, uh, da Vinci. Um, don't look into his eyes because you'll be hypnotized by how sexy he is. Um, mm -hmm. And you'll look, you look at him; he's very heroic, very big, very broad. Um, they even say in, in that quote that I that I started reading, which is the that he was a very handsome person, even in this even in his time. And then if you I look at that. Isaac Newton, very villainous, very oh, very uh, red, very like uh, he's he just looks slimy. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that 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 shines in the character designs, while also not 
straying too far away from who these from what these characters actually look like because these are historical beings yeah. um we know what they look like but framing them and drawing them in a comic book format not in a way that's not a, bio, a biographical comic book allows them to take the liberties to make these characters look more heroic or more villainous and i just realized what da vinci looks like to me freaking aquaman from the Stepan cedric aquaman run Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I see it. Yeah, I was I was like, I man, he looks so familiar. Just give him some uh some mechanical yep. wings. It, it's yeah. that beard, man. That beard does wonders. God, that beard uh, is so good. Brandon, you brought up Evangelion earlier, and I also brought up uh, uh Galileo using like a beam to destroy Galactus. He's using the combined energies of like a thousand people's brains to do like a psychic energy blast, and I'm like. Y'all, this is this is really fun. This is really and that fun. wasn't the first time it happened. The first time it happened, it like melted everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it was because it wasn't like fine tuned. It was like she was being really selfish with it or whatever. But this time it worked and fought Galactus. And like the data page after that, which which is fun, was is a conversation between uh, Newton and the Pope, and yes, uh, yes. And about from henceforth uh, October fourth to October fourteenth didn't exist. These ten days no longer no longer occur. Yeah. yeah, and that's the whole reason why they changed the calendar. Very funny. Uh, I didn't save the page, um, but the part where um, Richards and Stark are are with Tesla and they zap him, and it's you know it's all really bad and and things go wrong, and you see like all these reaction faces. No, I mean like that's a very good page. Oh, it's in the uh, absolutely no, it's not the page. Uh, this is a very good page around that moment. Um, it's but the multicolor baboom. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I was thinking of the uh, the paneling where you see just all these shocked faces, and then the only one that says anything is the dove, and the dove oh, says, no. "Oh no!" Yeah, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> that dove, that dove has been being weird this whole issue, and then we see it turns out to be like a digital lady, and I'm like, "Tesla, who's this dove lady?" <laughs> my point, my point being that's like issue one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh no, and we don't see her again until the second to last issue. <laughs> she keeps showing up in the background and stuff, but she's not doing I anything. I but you mentioned Tesla and, the, and Stark and Richard. Um, Richards, I really enjoy the look of the of the destroyed city of the abandoned city that they find themselves in, and thousands of years in the future. I think that's a really yeah. cool look for a futuristic city. Absolutely. Um, I really like what they do with Nostradamus. I think that's very good. Yeah, give him uh, give him a little bit of that eternal life. <laughs> um, Nostradamus is like, I'm not a prophet or a seer. I am a capitalist. <laughs> Uh, I mean, um, I really like that. I like his design. I think is really cool the way he drinks the immortality and it glows on his arms. Um, yeah, all his markings, everything. I think he looks awesome. Oh, to save Nikola Tesla, your father. I, I don't think I she sounds like this. I want to say. I want to say that I think it's incredibly funny that George Washington founded the Savage Land. Yeah, <laughs> that was an interesting <laughs> history spread page, wasn't it? It was yeah. indeed. Yeah. Let me see it. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it is the Savage Land. You're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, with the dinosaurs. Yo, half those people got eaten. Yeah, one hundred percent. Without the ten days, we never talk about. You got the samurai fighting alongside the Nazis. Hey man. Yeah. You know. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> but, uh, but they have this. They have the Spear of Destiny. The Nazis do, which I think mm, is kind of cool. Wow. Mm -hmm. I hate to see it. Man, yeah, um, I, just, I took so many pictures just because the art is just. It's oh, just it's phenomenal. amazing! It's really great. Um, the section I thought uh, that I really liked is the part where they talk about the the previous attempt of uh, like 
doing what needed to be done by the shield yeah. and it was making the conduit with the second man um mm-hmm. that uh where they like give up all those lives at once uh i thought that was just really good that was a really good yeah, story i, really I good brought art. it up earlier yeah, yeah 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 i just think that art's really good yeah the melting skulls melting skulls is great yeah very evocative um, oh I I, uh, I I love that Isaac Newton goes to the Deviant City. I think that's great. And that's how he learns a lot of uh, uncouth stuff. And it looks like he like he gets down and he, and he bangs an, uh, a Deviant. And he says, I suffered. But he's clearly not suffering. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Weird. He's learning stuff. He's learning Deviant mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and then there's the, the pregnant Deviant lady here. We said he suffered like on the page where he was made to make love to what he considers a hideous beast. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought I thought that was like he was joking. Like I suffered. I was actually getting laid. I thought I was doing. No, that. I think he hates it. I think he's revolted by it because oh, like okay. he, you know, like destroys their whole home and everything. That's true. Um, yeah. I think he's like it, it's what I'll do to gain knowledge. But like I hate this. That makes sense. Right? Um, mm-hmm. because like yeah. because like in the next panel you see him when she's pregnant, like he's there and he's like, like yeah, it says, yeah, yeah. It says I suffered so that I could gain their knowledge in the next page. Yeah. I think he um, considers that that whole time suffering. Like he was like, I was with these abominations. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a piece of shit. That's <laughs> true. Apples uh, and all. I do really like when uh, he encounters Da Vinci and they speak in hieroglyphs to each other. And that's yeah. how he realizes he's Da Vinci. To make sure he's like a real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really going like to definitely, because it's only six issues more I'm, and that one infinity issue, which I guess ties into um, the infinity Jonathan Dickman events. Uh, before Secret Wars, so that's fun to see how that all tie in. Um, but the, so this book, the the publishing behind it's really interesting because the, these six issues they didn't come out once per month; they came out bi monthly. So they came out every two months, except for the last two, which were delayed for a couple more months. Right? Then Volume Two, Volume Two, it's bi monthly, and then the last two issues don't come out for for like eight years. Yeah, it's wild. It's and we Brandon, we talked about this news like five years ago. It's I remember yeah. it. It was so long ago. It's like yeah, remember that Shield story? It's finally those two issues are coming out uh, uh, from 2011 to 2019, uh, and it finally got recollected. Now you can just get all of Shield the one through twelve if you want. Um, and I'm excited to read all that because like I really like what's going on. Uh, I don't have all the answers that I want, so I'm really hoping it can give them to me. What's going on with Michelangelo? Why is he a big sun man? Yeah, I feel that... like I'll be compelled to finish this out too because I I kind of need to know like do I feel like this whole experience was as worthwhile as I wanted it to be? Yeah. Um, certainly yeah. artistically, visually, yes. But yeah. So uh, Ryan is absolutely correct. We talked about when they were putting, when Hickman and Weaver came back to do the final two issues of volume two, um, we talked about it and it was at that moment that I picked this volume up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had Love this it. since then. Uh, and I bought the the second volume when it was solicited. Uh, I'm really happy I finally got to read it because I I, I knew I would like it and I was ha- I'm very happy that I did. And I'll Brandon, tell you, Brandon was scouring the bookshelf last week and went, oh, I haven't read that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, what I love about Hickman is like, you know, whether you guys eventually you'll read Fantastic Four Avengers, his Secret Warriors book, uh, uh, yeah, like even some of his X Men stuff. Like this book stems into all those books too. Like he loves. He loves the Marvel Universe, but he's also created his own universe within, you know, all of his books. So, like, you'll get, like, whether how much you like this or not, like, there's value for the future of reading other Hickman books. Just because, like, he is a dude who really loves loves building stuff up. He's not just a one-and-done guy. He never will ever release something one-and-done. It's always connected somehow. Yeah. I mean, you can Um, can make a a one-to-one argument just because we read the book last time. I'll bring it up that, like, 
Isaac Newton is in, in many ways a precursor of exactly what Reed would do. Yeah. Because like when a man is left to that long of a time of just stating over intelligence and like, obviously Reed has even longer in a sense, but like you kind of just, you, you come to the same like conclusion yeah. of the madness. The, well, I was going to say the lack of value that people that can't see beyond what you believe you see. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. The G- um, yeah. Yeah. And that's like, that's both, both of them, their big flaw. I, that is, yeah. you are hundred percent right. I do think he, he did the Isaac Newton stuff. He's like, I want to do this again. <laughs> I want to do that with Reed Richards. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's, we, we, we even mentioned when we were talking about the book club last time that he very much has the, uh, I, I enjoyed playing with this toy. I'd like to play with it again. Uh, yeah. And I'll find I ways to play, play with the play toy with it again. better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it. I have one last thing. Um, comic book dorks uh, of, of my friendly podcast friends. Was was it recorded before this that Galactus was around at this particular time with the with the Michelangelo and the stuff? Did, um, we, did we know that before Hickman wrote it that Galactus had visited Earth for this attack? Before? No, no, this he wrote. So this, this is this, this is the first. New. Yeah, yeah. This okay. There had never been a mention of like Galactus came during nope. like and he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give an idea of that story. That's Fantastic Four. Uh, Fantastic Four was first Galactus appearance as far as we know until Hickman rewrote it. That's that's all I wanted to know. He loves a good retcon. I I really loved that that Galactus tried to take over the Earth and was beaten by Galileo. <laughs> it's 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 inventive and cool either way. Um, I'm not knocking it one way or another. I just wanted to know if this was something where there was some men- like passive small thing of like knowing that Galactus had visited during this time. And they were like, yes, the might of like our geniuses of the time repelled him and like yeah. that kind of thing. Some kind of statement like that. And uh, Hickman picking up the the tool and going, yes, I will articulate that. And, and like it's fine that he totally came up with it on his own. I just yeah. wanted to know if he was he was utilizing something and expanding upon it in the way that he also can do very well. Not for that one. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so I guess that'll do it. That will. Shield. That will. I'm definitely will continue to read this because again, it's only six more issues. Love Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Sparks. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll be back in another two weeks. So it's your book club. It is indeed. Would you like to know what it is? I would. I'm dying to know. Oh, you're dying to know. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be dying to read it and maybe wishing I hadn't picked it. Um, it's going to be 20th Century Men my friends, uh, written by Dennis Camp, uh, with art by uh, Stephen Morian. So This one's, I'm um, just letting you guys know now, it's very spicy. Okay. This is a conversation book. We're going to have All a conversation right. about, this is one of those kind of books. Gotcha. Yeah, Sparks, Sparks, uh, Sparks never disappoints when he That's not to true. pick a book. That's not true. <laughs> you, you always pick the spicy ones, I'll say. I Okay, sure. I, I pick my stingers. <laughs> We've all picked stingers, it happens. Um, all right, so that'll do it, guys. That's uh, that was never shield. Never forget that I threw the pride into the roulette wheel. Oh, that's right. I remember pride that. wasn't that bad, it was just kind of boring. Yeah, um, I mean, look, I picked, I probably picked more stinkers than all of you. Um, all right, yeah, I don't think so. But, anyways, <laughs> Ben's like, I have you beat. Um, uh, all right. That was Shield Architects of Forever. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next time for 20th Century Men. Uh, Sparks said. Also, be on the lookout for Wasted Space, Volume Three, Four, Volume Four. Uh, that was that is in the near future. Uh, we don't have a have a hard time when that will be out, but stay tuned for it. It is coming. Uh, make sure to subscribe to this feed. 
for all that fun jazz. That is, our, that is our separate roulette wheel rotation. Yeah. Um, and, and there's more book club stuff coming. So definitely stay tuned. This this feed is going to be very active if you are a comic book fan. And if you're not, please join us and welcome if you're for the first time. Cool. So that's everything, guys. Uh, a couple of our shows are on hiatus due to the strike. So be sure to check out fakenerdpodcast.com, which is linked below, uh, for all the information of where you can find every single one of our shows, including the ones that are uh, on hiatus due to the strike. There are a few that aren't, such as such as this show, um, Basement Arcade. And based on Arcade Pause Mini, which uh, new episodes are coming up soon if you're video game inclined. But of course, you can check out our main show, our mothership show, Fickner Podcast, where all the shows come from. Uh, Fickner Podcast is currently on a bi-weekly schedule as well because of the strikes. Um, just kind of limits what we can talk about right now uh, because we are in full support of these strikes. So make sure that uh, you guys, if you are also in support of them, be, subscri- be um, checking out the, uh, the links that we've supplied for you guys and find ways to support. Please help out the strikers. We're 100% in support. But like I said, the Fictor podcast is on a bi-weekly format currently. Um, that's it. Of course, check out our T Public and our Patreon, which is all linked below, as well as on our on our website, which again is fictorpodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fictor Podcast, guys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me writing for CBR.com, AtomicGeekdom.com, and KaijuRamanMedia.com. Uh, ben, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at BenMagnet27, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, and you can find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein in Dean Dark. Sparks? You can find me asking for the word at SparksWitty on Instagram, Twitter, SPRKZWitty from Nostradamus. I was about to say the bird? Me too. I was the the word. (laughs) Uh, And Ryan? Hey, you can find me, um, just, I don't know, traveling through time, hopefully not abandoning my family like like a certain Stark person. Um, uh, add DJ Tony Snark everywhere. I got rid of the 616. Back to normal, baby. There you go. All right, guys, make sure to subscribe to this. Ignore the 616 below. Ignore it. Ultimate all the way. Uh, of course, you can check out, uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast feed and rate re- rate and review wherever you get us. Um, like, like this video, subscribe to this channel. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Uh, whatever. Until next time we see us, guys. Stay fake, nerds. always Fortnite after this i'm just saying we're actually all available for once that's true if ben's not too tired <laughs> he just told me he was gonna go play tears of the King- of the kingdom after this oh okay then i don't feel bad about suggesting wait that. are you drinking an energy drink at 10 o'clock at night ben <laughs> he's got to get back on his work schedule like oh sure yeah gotta get, back to five. gotta get back in the group also i, I took a lot i took a I, I was asleep on the car ride home from vegas today so there you go respect and you, like, and you still need an energy drink? Fortnite is, is definitely. I was almost falling asleep in bed, just chilling on my phone, looking at TikTok. So yes. <laughs>